Hello and welcome to the Intentional Clinician Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Krauss, licensed professional counselor. In today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with Aaron Craig, LLMSW. Aaron will be talking to us about one of her projects, which is Dancing Mindfulness. She is co-hosting a Dancing Mindfulness group at Health for Life Counseling in Grand Rapids. Aaron Craig works through Move with GR, which is an organization in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and actually probably all over Michigan, that provides accessible trauma-informed yoga, mindfulness programs, and more. Their vision is to empower and support communities and individuals in their collective healing and help people be free of health and mental health barriers. They have many other very cool parts of their mission and many other partners involved in this, including Health for Life Counseling. Also, Erin Craig is a registered yoga teacher. You can find out more about her at the links in the bio. So dancing mindfulness, this was a concept I was not really aware of, but uh, it's very cool self-expression and helping people in whatever they're going through to use the body in ways that can help stimulate healing and work on regulating the nervous system and so many more things um, that we find valuable in the counseling field are being done through a combination of talking, psychoeducation, like teaching, and of course, the very cool dancing and mindfulness elements. So I really think you're going to enjoy this unique interview. And if you happen to be in Michigan, you might be able to benefit from some of the programs that Move with GR is putting on all across Michigan. And if you happen to be in West Michigan, of course, the Dancing Mindfulness course is hosted by Aaron Craig and Sarah Denick, LMSW at Health for Life Counseling. All right, let's get to the interview. Welcoming to the Intentional Clinician Podcast, Aaron Craig, Licensed Master of Social Work. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. I'm very um, interested in uh, the therapy that you've been doing in the Grand Rapids area, especially uh, these dancing mindfulness groups that you've been doing through uh, a group called Move with Grand Rapids or Move with GR and, of course, Health for Life Counseling, um, which is where I work. And you've been doing the groups uh, kind of together with uh, Sarah, one of the therapists that works there, um, which is so cool. It's been received very well. And I was just curious, would you be okay uh, letting us know a little bit about what is dancing mindfulness? Yeah, absolutely. So it was created by a woman um, named Jamie Marich, and she actually created it from her own healing journey. She always loved dance. She always loved music, and she got very into mindfulness and um, was looking for something more where she could move her body uh, and created Dancing Mindfulness. And something that she says that always like sticks with me is she it's it's moving meditation so instead of like having to be still and meditate and like stare at a candle or you know stare at the wall or the floor you're able to move 
Okay, excellent. So it's like, it sounds like this is some type of a meditation, except you're not like just sitting there and humming or counting or, or visualizing. You're like actually using your body in sort of a dance or movement type way. Yes. So um, I'll go into a little bit about like what the class looks like right now. Okay. Yeah. So people come in, we do some grounding exercises. We talk a little bit about what the theme will look like. And then we get into our dancing mindfulness practice. And what that looks like is I will pick a theme from one of the seven attitudes of mindfulness. And we'll go with that theme. And I might talk about how that relates to the body or their experience that week or their experience that day. Uh, And as they're moving and dancing to the music, I'm kind of doing this like coaching in the background, reminding them to, you know, to check in with their breath and to remember the theme of the day uh, and how that relates to their individual journey and how that relates to them um, reconnecting to their body. Okay, excellent. Um, I was just curious. I've heard of the seven themes of mindfulness. What is one of the themes that you've used in the group class? Yeah. So we just did a class on uh, trust and patience. Oh, okay. And so yeah. then you're, are you, what are you doing with that? Are you trying to integrate that or tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So if we're moving around and I'm, I'm talking about like maybe scanning our bodies and maybe like, you know, you pick up with some pain in your back that you have. So we're going to like, we're going to greet that pain with trust and patience. We're going to use those seven, seven attitudes of mindfulness for that thought and that feeling to just kind of flow through us. So we're trusting that it's not going to last forever. We're trusting that um, we can we can handle it. We're trusting that um, we're able to take care of ourselves and move our bodies that we know are it's helpful for our bodies and not hurtful. So um, just like reiterating those themes as somebody moves, I find that they can like connect it to a lot of different ways about like with their bodies or how they feel about the week or their situation. Oh, excellent. So it's sort of like taking some concepts and instead of just thinking about them, you're trying to integrate them with movement. And I was curious with the movement, um, do you have specific movements people do or can they kind of make up their own uh, movement? Yeah. So everything's always an invitation in group. Uh, I usually do present two to three movements in the beginning of class where people can like softly land if they're having a hard time uh, getting through like a, a flowful mo- motion or get or get started or like sometimes it's hard to like get into motion after we stretch, you know, or we're like stagnant for a while. So I do provide a couple of movements that people can come back to. Uh, They're usually really simple and they're usually ones that you can like flow with, like do it multiple times and have it feel, feel good and get a movement. But I also encourage people to come up with their own movements and, and like name their movements. If they come up with a really cool movement, I always like encourage them to name it, you know, and it might be silly or funny or something like that, but it sticks with them. 
So sometimes we'll even like share movements, you know, like, did we come up with a movement today that we liked? Oh, cool. So it's kind of like, uh, sounds like somewhat intuitive, like you're intuitively moving in a way that expresses something within you. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where, um, dancing mindfulness is like very close to my heart because I truly believe that moving is our first language and it's such a beautiful thing because we're you know in this group of people that are moving together and we can understand each other without even talking oh and, wow you know you know that that goes through language barriers that goes through cultural barriers you know it's a very diverse way to heal a community um we have these things called mirror neurons and we pick up on people's empathy or how they're feeling just by looking at them we have these neurons that flash when we're like looking into each other's eyes and doing movement and I just think that that's so powerful that we don't need language to convey our pain because I think more now than ever, we're starting to understand that talking about trauma and our pain isn't always what's going to heal it. Right. Yes. I think there's a lot to, uh, to be said there because recent research is, uh, been w- going into how talk therapy is limited with trauma, which is why EMDR and other type of somatic therapies have become more popular because they're using some sort of stimulation, um, bilateral simulation or other, or other things like that in combination with talk. And what I'm hearing here is like, you have, you don't even maybe need to talk fully if you're really bringing your whole body into working through the theme and maybe through something personal, like a trauma or pain that happened to you. Um, and expressing your inner feelings about that through the dancing mindfulness in this yes. group, in this class. Um, I, I'm using the word group and in class interchangeably. It's a group class is actually what it is. It's a class with a group of it people. It is. It um, is, yeah. So, and I, I was just curious before, I, I'm going to ask you about you and kind of like what got you into this, but I was curious if you have like a, a moment in your mind uh, maybe recently or in a past group that sticks out to you, or you really felt like there was some powerful things going on in the class? Yeah, I would say probably our, our actually our last class, um, we got more into some heavier music, meaning like kind of like a higher energy music with like mm-hmm. more drums and there wasn't any words, but it was definitely high energy music. And we've been kind of dipping our toes into the high energy music, but this last class, we really like probably went up to our waist in in that type of like more energy or energetic music. And the movements that people were doing were amazing like I I just felt like in awe and I felt so grateful and like thankful that I could like witness this and just like a movement where someone were like they stomp and they throw their hands out you know like that to me like what are they expressing something you know but 
we don't have to like sit around and talk about it. I could like feel like they were working something out, like big stomps and big movements. And it's just, it's really inspiring to see people move their bodies more because traditionally we, we just don't do that. And especially like with dance, like there was a layer that we had to get through of just people feeling awkward of like, yeah, this is awkward. Here we are, this group of people in a room and we're dancing and we're not even that far away from each other. And it feels very vulnerable and it feels kind of weird and um, uncomfortable, but like we, we named the elephant in the room, so to speak. Like we talked about how awkward it was. And now we just, we, we layer that into like us healing, you know, it's um like exposure therapy, that tolerance of being uncomfortable. Yes, absolutely. So there's a lot of elements of therapy kind of in this class. And right now it's actually the way you've run this group is more just like people wanting to learn and join. It's not necessarily, um, a like a therapy insurance would pay for at this point but it's something that people who are interested in healing whether not they're in therapy or not could get into does that sound right yeah yeah we do a lot of um psychoeducation we've been doing education around the polyvagal theory and the window of tolerance and how um this integrative health approach impacts you know, our body and our mind. And hopefully it is something that insurances will pay for in the future. Cause there's definitely a lot of like good therapeutic stuff within it. Oh, absolutely. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's just about probably convincing them that you're using the empirically proven techniques that they want to see on their little notes. Totally. So, absolutely. So, and I know that I, I believe I've heard of Jamie Marish. Does she also do a lot of EMDR work? She does. Okay. Yeah. She so. does a lot of amazing stuff. She's got a lot of stuff out there. She does a great series on like EMDR around um, trauma and faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. That's that's very cool. I've heard I've heard of her. I think she's from Ohio, if I remember right. She is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's she does uh, actually. I guess I know her because of the. She's a national trainer now. Um, for EMDR and other things like that. So it's really cool. I didn't know she came up with this. So um, let's talk about you, Erin. What uh, what got you into the dancing mindfulness world? Yeah. So um, I think like so many people, I found my passion along my healing journey. Mm-hmm. I, I When I was little, I had a happy dance. And it would just come out of nowhere. Like when I was just so happy, I couldn't contain it. Like I wouldn't, you know, talk about it or I would just start doing this happy dance, which kind of looked like me galloping while holding this fake belt, like around my living room and just like dancing around and stuff like that. And I remember my parents always telling me that. And I just kind of always wondered, I was like, when did I stop doing that? You know? When did I stop dancing um, for fun? And uh, it also was always there for me when I struggled in school, struggled in school a lot. Uh, I can remember being little at night and just being super anxious about going to school the next day and like not fitting in this box of school. 
And then I was later diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia. Um, and, you know, my third grade teacher told my parents that I just simply wasn't trying and that I was like writing nonsense. And, but it was actually that I was dyslexic. Um, so I've always had a hard time kind of fitting into that, to the norm. Um, and I always had a lot of guilt and shame around that, but something that I always loved was dancing. And I've, I've kind of kept that my whole life. Um, I moved around a little bit, like in my twenties and I would always try to find like a dance class. Like that was always very anchoring for me. Um, and it was a place where I felt competent and I didn't really feel very competent in a lot of areas of my life. Uh, and I was going to therapy and, um, my therapist actually told me about Jamie marriage and dancing mindfulness. So I looked into it and it actually took me like maybe a year to complete the certificate because I was just kind of on my healing path. And I had this wonderful mentor that let me go at my own pace and really let me like heal along with becoming this facilitator in dancing mindfulness and like what that really meant to me. Like my dancing mindfulness journey has also aided aided myself in my healing journey. Like, you know, I'll have dancing mindfulness sessions on my own, you know, and I'll, I'll write journals about it. And, um, and it's just been a way for me to express instead of like keeping a diary, you know, and all of that kind of stuff that some people like do and stuff like that. And, um, it's just, it's always meant a lot to me. Um, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent yeah. real quick. This is so, good. I like this. It's very interesting. Okay, so I was in a job where I was not thriving. Um, I was a therapist, and I love being a therapist. There's there's nothing like it. Um, being able to be there with people is my heart. Like that's what I want to do. Like for the rest of my life, I just knew that I couldn't be this individual therapist in this world that was created for me, where I had to do all of this documentation. For each, for each individual, you know, like I could see clients all day long, but I couldn't survive in this, in this world where documentation was so heavy. And this had been my, my story, my whole life. So I got really depressed and I was like, what am I going to do here? I got my master's in this um, field where there's a lot of document or, you know, documentation. And, um, I was cleaning my room one day and I was listening to this podcast and it, I think the podcast was called like brilliant minds or something like that, but they talk about different types of people and they talk about, um, he started talking about Jillian Lene, who is the choreographer of cats and Phantom of the opera. So, okay. Yeah, Jillian Lene, she grew up in around like the 1930s. And when she was eight years old, the 
um, her teacher called her mother and said that she needed to come in so they could talk to her about her daughter and that she thinks she has like a learning disability. So the mother comes in and they're all talking and, you know, the teacher says, well, your mom and I are going to go talk in the hallway. You stay here. We'll be right back. And the teacher had music playing on in the background in his office. And when they left the little girl, she got up and she started dancing all over the place. And it was there that like the teacher was like, I don't think that she has a learning disability. I think that she's a dancer, but she probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD if she was mm. like, you know, if she was growing up in today's world, she probably would have been diagnosed with ADHD. Like the thought that she had a learning disability because her homework was never on time. She was always fidgety and like she couldn't sit still. And um, she was like easily distracted and all of these these things that um, sound like ADHD. Uh, and I, I heard this podcast and I was just like, that's me. And I keep trying to put myself in these positions that I don't fit in. And so then I just like earnestly like started chasing dancing mindfulness. And I was like, this is my ticket. Like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work for me. Like, I'm always going to be a therapist, but I also want to make like this a part of my life and my, my life's work. And I'm, I finished up my certificate and I, I started doing it within the last year and it's been, it's been really exciting and scary, but it's been going very well. Excellent. Yeah, that is a great story. I, there's so many personal elements there. And I think uh, very, you know, got a lot of passion, which is uh, very important for what, you know, we, we're going to get into, which is, you know, if you're leading these, these groups and these classes, like having that passion is so important because people can tell when you've got the passion for what you're doing. And I was thinking about on the non-personal side, just you, you're in this group, but I think uh, the education system we have in the U.S. is quite single-minded. Um, having kids sit in desks for way longer than what would be developmentally appropriate. And, I mean, in preschool and kindergarten, a lot of schools have little breaks, like where they run outside and play and get their energy out. Yeah. But why, it all of a sudden stops at a certain age, right? And and according to some educational theorists, it's not even enough time, you know, out of the classroom. Mm -hmm. Um, where I read about some schools in different African countries and certain European countries that had like music and dance as part of the day. Like every day had a whole 30, 40 minutes of improvisational music, yeah. dancing, kinesthetics. And those kids who were in those classes, they were doing this is a study. It was on a documentary. I can't remember which one it was. So sorry about everyone looking for this, but they were they were doing better on their studies when they went into the classroom because they had had all this time to kind of get their bodies tired out, you know, and then yes. their minds were able to focus. And there's piles of research about how exercise improves your mood and the self-expression and exercise combined not only improves your mood, it improves your ability to focus. And so mm -hmm. In you know in the U.S. we've been focusing so much on book knowledge, right? And and writing down, reading things, retaining it, and then writing a, a story, an essay about it, or, or or probably just a multiple choice test. And isn't that possibly 
leaving people behind who have different talents because there's so many different types of intelligence. Yeah. Um, and kinesthetic and music and movement being, you know, different um, and, and very important because there's not every job is sitting down and reading and retaining and taking a test. <laughs> like, Absolutely. You know? So, Absolutely. so I think about that when, you know, when you talked about not fitting in the norm, I think perhaps the norm is too narrow um, in the education system and that the norm should be, let's look at all the types of intelligence and find out what the kid is best at and the, and the, in the grade school and elementary and high school and find the track for them. Like, is this kid going to be in the more of the movement or the music or more of the writing and more of the science? And yeah, we need the balance of education, but shouldn't we be customizing our education, not just around one or two ideas. Right. Yes. And so yes. I think that's unfortunate that, uh, that you went, I mean, it's good that you found your way through it, but I think it's unfortunate for a lot of children and people that get labeled, you know, in different ways that are negative because not only are they struggling, like you said, with dyslexia, you might've also gotten, you know, had a trauma, uh, of somebody just labeling you as not fitting in or something else. that's like a layered on top of having to deal with, um, you know, some difficulties learning and, and, and comprehending. So I think, uh, I think movement is a missing thing in our culture. Uh, I think people crave it. Um, but it's, you know, it, I think it's making a resurgence, but again, it's not the norm in therapy. Yeah. The norm is talking and only recently have we been able to take empirically proven techniques to do EMDR and other therapies that combine a little bit of movement in them. Right. And now this is super cool. This dancing mindfulness, because you're full body moving in a room together, yes. which is really yes. cool. Um, and you of course have to have a waiver about people falling or something like that. You kind of right. have to be prepared. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious about what do you feel like the benefits for you have been doing? I mean, I, you went through the certification, so I'm assuming you've actually participated in a class or something like this. What were the benefits yeah. that you saw from yourself personally going through this? Um, well, there's layers to that and there's, there's a lot of different things that I've, I've gotten out of it. And some of them I can see playing out in group that we're, we're working on right now. Um, part of that is when we experience trauma, like so many people do, we are disconnected from our bodies. Mm -hmm. And this group or this class is forcing people in a very compassionate, very safe, very safe, I hope, um, environment to be with their bodies. Mm. And that is very tough work in itself. And that's where we can lean in, like with going back to the theme of like patience and trust, like we can lean into that discomfort of being in our bodies and we're going to be okay. Um, and I hear people talk about that in group, just that, wow, you know, I connected to my body and I have it and it felt really awkward and uncomfortable and 
we don't even notice that we're, we're disconnecting, you know? And, um, when I was going through some of the harder things in my life, I, I realized that I was having a lot of blockage in my, my chest and in my throat. Like it always felt like there was a big lump in there and it felt like I couldn't, you know, get out what I wanted to say. And I wasn't taking very deep breaths and it just felt very like shallow and stuck. And, um, I feel like dancing mindfulness has really helped me open that up and, and be more like, oh yeah, like my body's not okay right now. Instead of just living in that dissociative place of not knowing if it's okay or not and just getting through the day. Also, I've had, and this is, you know, kind of like on the cheesier side, but I've had moments where I will cry because of happiness. Like I've had moments where I got a, you know, I love dancing on a Sunday morning and I, like a, a song just hits me in the right way. And um, I'll just have like this experience of emotions that's either like happy or sad. And it's so much at once. It's just like, it's such a release and it has nothing to do with me writing, which I love, you know, like I can, I can feel that and I can process it and I can experience it. And, um, and then I can move on throughout my day. It's, it's really helped me express the unexpressible. Wow. I think that's wonderful. And, and just to kind of go in here for a minute with the listeners, I think when you say people are disconnected from their bodies, I think what we're trying to say is very complicated, but in the short way that I understand it, it is that in life, according to the trauma-informed research, people tend to not necessarily feel their bodies or are in touch with their bodies because they're mostly in their thinking mind. And they're kind of almost ignoring pain or ignoring indigestion or ignoring certain emotional feelings that may be felt in the body in favor of pushing through with their minds to do something or to or to block out pain or to block out bad memories or whatever it is. And we call that dissociation. Now, dissociation isn't necessarily bad. It's actually a good adaptive coping skill to life. I think the hard part is, is that if your life is so unbalanced and you feel so unsafe and you feel worried all the time, then you may not often be in touch with your true feelings. And if you're not in touch with your true feelings for a week or day, a month, years, there can be a massive risk of developing um, different mental illnesses, possibly physical illnesses, that's still being studied. Um, Mm -hmm. Although people said anecdotally that that's definitely the case. And um, all of this can make people feel very disconnected from their selves and their choices. Um, And there's like, there's major consequences for this. Um, So I think getting in touch with your body And understanding it means not only, I think in a certain way, not only feeling what you're actually feeling, but also emotionally and mentally recalibrating, aligning those two systems. And I don't know the research on this, but I would have to lean on the yoga research because there's a lot of research into yoga, um, which is a little different than dance, but uh, very similar. You're moving your body in rhythm. 
And there's a lot of research on how yoga has helped people with anxiety and depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. And all you're doing is stretching and moving (laughs) with a group in a room, right? Right. And and that's pre-programmed. Like they show you what moves to do. So imagine in your group, not only do you have these themes and you're bringing into psychoeducation, but you're also allowing people to make their own movements and their own dance and not judging them based on their form. Um, So I actually just, I would lean on the yoga research to say like, this definitely works. The issue maybe we need to do to make it get (laughs) paid for eventually by insurance is, uh, you know, showing them the results. Um, and And I think right now, People are hungry for this sort of thing. I haven't even heard of many of these classes until uh, recently when uh, Sarah at our at Health for Life Counseling told me about Move with GR and, and about you wanting to uh, work with her on this on this group. And I I thought it was a great idea. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about the class right now. You, you've got a class going on. Currently, of course, when this podcast is posted, it might also be, it might be, this first one might be finished by the time we post this, Yeah. Uh, but tell me a little bit about it. <laughs> yeah, so we are officially halfway through. Uh, it is going so well, like, oh my gosh, I'm just like smiling from ear to ear right now because it is such an amazing class and people are connecting and ways that I didn't expect them to connect and uh I mean up with stuff that I didn't expect them to come up with just um like one person said just being in this room and us moving together is amazing and healing and us like choosing to move together and um it's just really inspiring we've the first three groups have been really focused on befriending the body and using those seven attitudes to befriend the body and um, get to know it once again and to be able to be in it and tolerate it um, with all of those seven attitudes. And then the last three is going to be more about befriending the journey. Mm. And having acceptance for the journey and trust and patience for the journey. And um, that's going to be more where I invite them to dance out more of like their narrative. Um, We have a part of the class that we do every single time. And it's very important to dancing mindfulness. And it's called fusion. And the fusion is where we talk about how the experience went how it went for us individually, how we felt as a group, if anything came up for us, um, how our bodies felt. And it's just a great time for people to talk to one another and to let them know they're not alone in this journey of like befriending their body and um, dealing with body pain, like chronic body pain that's like so common, you know, and how, how how that can impact mental health and it's just very inspiring to see people be vulnerable in such a setting that is new. That's great. That's very great. And I think, you know, one of the big things about therapy and, um, you know, this isn't therapy, but going to therapy is about 
learning, but it's also about experiencing something. And oftentimes when you're in a spot where you're feeling not great, you cannot imagine what feeling good feels like. Right. And so, you know, you try to tell somebody who's depressed or anxious, you know, you don't have to feel like this. Like we can work through therapy or through these different techniques and you can feel differently and they don't believe you because you actually have to take the step to let go of control and enter something. And so I think about this group and this that you're doing right now, this dancing mindfulness group and, and how you're, it's also a class you're learning through it, but you're also together taking some big steps and some big leaps that people may have maybe not done before, you know, in a group with people being vulnerable, learning about the different types of mindfulness, learning how to express yourself and not being judged from the dancing and from the movement. So I think this sounds very powerful. Um, Yeah. What, um, let me, what, what haven't we covered? What are we missing? (laughs) I don't know. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, I think so. And I think it can change you. And I think that's the big point about in mental health is that when people have symptoms, we want to investigate where they come from. Um, that's very important to know. And, and we need to investigate what they are and how they're affecting you. But we also mm-hmm. have to figure out a way for the person to feel safe enough to do something about it. Not only to maybe try something new, but to get educated about it and to learn about it and to participate in something. And I think this group sounds like a perfect thing to participate in because it's safe. You know, everyone's confidential. Uh, Everyone in the group is there for the same reason. You've got two instructors, Aaron Craig and Sarah Denick are doing the class right now, Health for Life Counseling. Um, And it's something to get you out of your comfort zone, but to be uncomfortable for a short period of time and eventually you'll be comfortable expressing yourself is that what i'm hearing yes absolutely and sometimes you will see people just laying on their mat like mm-hmm. people don't have to move mm-hmm. um but then you'll you'll see that same person making some of the biggest movements towards the end you know but it's all the invitation and i uh, i think that's what really works about the class people get like really like scared out like oh it's dance it is dance yeah it's dance when we're moving our bodies to music it's dance but it's also just like movements that flow and you could like do two repetitive motions and you're good to go you know you don't you definitely don't need to be a dancer to be in this class by any means it's just that's just the word that you know describes it (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, right now, people can find out about it at uh, two websites, healthforlifegr.com and also movewithgr.com. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And people can find out more about you at movewithgr.com uh, as well as Senshu, uh, which I believe is a counseling group as well. That it you is. work through. Yeah. Yeah. So. So that's cool. And I've heard rumors that there's going, this is going to be a reoccurring class or different types of classes like this. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely the plan. Uh, I am so excited about how this class is going and I cannot wait to get more started and get the word out there and get as many dancing mindfulness classes going as possible. 
Okay. So you heard it here on the Attentional Clinician Podcast. <laughs> if you're interested, I'm going to be linking all the websites as well as the contact information for Aaron and Sarah, who run the class currently. And, uh, and the other, of course, Dance uh, Move with GR also has other types of different types of movement uh, classes as well, um, if you're interested. And um, I'm excited because I think we're going to start posting um, whenever, whatever the next group comes and until it fills up. And I think it's going to be a very busy year. Yeah, I'm hoping so. We've, we've had interest already, so hopefully it keeps moving in that direction. Excellent. Yes, I'm sure it will. Um, yeah. So Aaron, is there anything you want to say maybe to the listener who is before we close, like the listener who's a little bit nervous about maybe signing up for something like this? Yeah. Is there anything you would help them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. It's like a come as you are group. I've seen people be very vulnerable And like I said, you do not have to like be a dancer. I think that that word is, you know, loaded and no, you just, just want, if you love music, if you love moving your body, if you're looking for something that is meditation, but not just, you know, chilling on a pillow, come see the dancing mindfulness group. I think that's great. Yeah. And I would, I would say to people that, you know, are, I've heard people tell me, oh, I can't do mindfulness. So I think if you feel like you can't do mindfulness, you can't sit there and meditate and breathe. This is the class for you. So yeah, yeah, I think that's great. So thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. This has been another episode of the Intentional Clinician Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with people you know. I would surely appreciate it. Or leave us a rating on iTunes as it really helps us get some notoriety. As some of you know already, myself and my colleagues are passionate about preventing future violence in the United States. We have started a nonprofit called the National Violence Prevention Hotline, which is a 501c3 organization. We are endeavoring to gain funding and collaborators that we can start a 24-7 hotline and chat line to reach potential perpetrators before they act violently. It is a bold effort to curb violence and save innocent lives by working to connect with potential offenders while they are in the planning stages of violence, help to de-escalate them, and provide resources so that they can get appropriate professional help wherever they live. The National Violence Prevention Hotline is looking to open up a conversation about violence in society, the causes, and the solutions. You can learn more by visiting our website, violencepreventionhotline.org. Join us by signing our petition, sharing the website with your network, donating to the cause, and now you can even write your congressperson from our website. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you are an independent therapist or a small group practice or even a large group practice and you have a billing company that you're not satisfied with, check out Therapist Billing Services. That's www.therapistbillingservicesllc.com. 
This is Therapist Billing Services created by therapists. If you are looking for an EMDR International Association consultant, I am now an EMDR International Association consultant and I can provide 20 hours that you need to become EMDRIA certified. I have consultation groups both online and in person. Check out my website, healthforlifegr.com, and send me a message. If you want to get trained in EMDR therapy and are looking for some great advanced EMDR therapy trainings, check out EMDR Training Solutions and register today. They are now back to doing in-person trainings. If you are in need of counseling, do not hesitate to make an appointment with a local counselor in your area. You can also make an appointment with the excellent clinicians in the Grand Rapids area at Health for Life Counseling and the Trauma-Informed Counseling Center of Grand Rapids by visiting www.healthforlifegr.com. The recording you just listened to consists of the personal opinions of Paul Krauss and his guest, and while these are based upon the literature they have read and their experience in the respective fields, these should not be viewed as the definitive opinions on any subject. Listening to this podcast is not a substitute for treatment. If you are in a crisis, please dial 911 right now or the National Suicide Crisis Hotline at 988. You can also text 741741 and a live trained crisis counselor will respond. You can support your local bookstore by shopping at www.bookshop.org. You can order online from the comfort of your own home while supporting local businesses near you. If you are a therapist and you are not a member of your local counseling or therapy association, please join. We have to make sure our industry is not turned into gig work. We have to make sure that people get quality mental health services wherever they live, and we need to be able to integrate them into schools and businesses and wherever else the needs are. All right. Until next time. I'm wishing you all a safe and peaceful week. Never did I walk alone Who I was echoing
soon on screen piercing cellular 